Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985 Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. And welcome to our final show before Christmas 2020. We yeah. hope everybody has a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. Thanks for joining us and any new listeners who are all caught up to this point by now. <laughs> I think we have some people like binge listening, catching up all the way to where we currently are here at minute 39 this week. Well, I can't really blame them. I like to binge listen podcasts as well. So I let them build up and then listen to a bunch at once. So just a couple things to bring up before we dive into this minute. First of all, uh, we have an update on where Santa Claus the Movie is streaming currently in the U.S. It is gone from Peacock. You can now find it for free on the Roku channel. Yeah. I don't think you need to subscribe to Roku to access that because I've linked to it onto our Twitter feed. But that's where it is now. So I guess just like Santa going from house to house, Santa Claus the Movie, just wait long enough and it'll show up on your preferred streaming service. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, we have purchased it on Amazon so we don't really have to follow it bouncing around the different uh, streaming services, but at least you can find it. You know, you may have to go to a different service every month, but you can find it somewhere. And there are also a couple Santa Claus movie-related podcasts that we have to bring up. You know, Tis the Season and the 35th Anniversary, after all. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of guys who host a podcast called Real Fans for Real Movies. And recently they did a interview with Carrie K. Heim, who plays Cornelia in the film, and it is an awesome interview. Very informative. It is. It's really good. Mm-hmm. You can tell these two guys really love the movie, and we were a little jealous that they got to Carrie before we did, <laughs> because they asked so many questions that we had in our heads that if we ever get her on, mm-hmm. we're going to ask her this and this and this, how she got the part, what was it like to work with so-and-so, and this and that. That's all there in the Real Movie Fans podcast. And then, like, a couple days after that podcast came out, we had reached out to her before this. And Ben, how about you take it from here? Okay, so we reached out to her, and um, a few days after John found the podcast interview, uh, she contacted us and said, yeah, I will, uh, I'll talk to you on your podcast. So, you guys, we are going to have bits and pieces of our conversation with Carrie uh, throughout basically the rest of the movie. We talked to her for a while on... Uh, on the podcast we recorded a bunch and um because of the format of our particular podcast we're not going to just play the whole thing in one episode you have to keep coming back and hearing stories that she told us about the movie as we come to that part of the movie in our podcast yeah when we heard back from her we just didn't want to have her repeat the same things that she talked about on the real fans for real movies podcast so it's like well let's just go all in and ask her the nerdiest most obscure things and see if we can dredge up any memories and she was so sweet and so giving of her time and such a good sport Mm -hmm. we can't wait for you to hear the little little stories that she told and all the information right it was awesome now i have to divide up our whole conversation and put it in the correct minutes And those two guys also did a audio commentary for the movie on the Nightlife 2.0 podcast. The, the language, it's a little 
uh, stronger than a PG rating of the movie. So just be aware, listener discretion is advised, but it is still a lot of fun to listen to. And we would love to have either one of those guys on the show to join us for a minute or two. We'll see. Maybe, maybe in the new year. You never know. So are you ready to get into Minute 39, Ben? I am ready. So our minute begins with one more elf-made stamp being applied to a toy. And I realized after we recorded last week and we talked about the elf puns that were in the book, it just occurred to me, it's like, well, the elf-made logo in itself is also an elf pun. It is. <laughs> it didn't occur to me. I mean, obvi- I mean, it's obvious, but it's like, how come I didn't mention that? I I never dawned on me until John said it either. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, (laughs) we're so we're so conditioned to Elf made just being like a brand that we didn't even think twice about what else it could mean. So that's funny. So I guess we have to play the Elf pun music. I also suppose the Elf Made logo is kind of like a parody of like the Made in the USA logo. Yeah. And then we move on and Santa is flying through the sky, returning to the Elf Compound Village. And the next thing we see is Santa asleep at the table, <laughs> sitting up straight, like falling asleep, sitting there. Very sleepy Santa, all dressed in red with a bib on. He's wearing a little bib with holly on it. Like a holly design. Then we hear Anya say, Your soup's getting cold. So, Ben, what do you think is on this table? Is it like bread or meat of some sort? It looks like it's a pie. You know, like um, like a chicken pot pie. And then he has, it looks like he's eating like a pea soup. Yes, we'll get to that shortly. I do have, yeah. I do have notes about that. And I don't know what she's eating. It's not the same, I don't think. It looks like it's a different color. But it could just be the lighting. We do see that they are inside their living quarters, and Dooley enters holding a large bundle of papers. Dooley's papers are next year's schedule, he says. And Anya asks, Can't it wait a few days? He's just come home. Meanwhile, Santa is dozing off. Anya stops him before he falls face first into his soup. No! (laughs) This is something we first heard on that Real Fans for Real Movie podcast with Carrie that totally blew my mind. And I never thought for a second, even in all the research we've been doing for this podcast, Uh David Huddleston's beard is not real. I know. How crazy is that? That is a prosthetic beard. Prosthetic beard. It's crazy. It's fake. It's it's a wig. It's a beard wig. (laughs) And the same goes for most of the elves as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently, originally, how the scene was going to go, Santa was going to fall asleep face first into his soup. So we have a little bit of a a behind the scenes of this. Carrie told us a story about this particular scene and Santa's beard. So how about we take a listen to what she says about this scene? You, You blew my mind when you said that wasn't a real beard. Not a real beard. No. Yeah. It's like, it's like I previously thought the reindeer was the most convincing special effect in the movie, but now it's the beards. <laughs> it's like now I'm questioning all beards in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, the, there, there was quite an impressive, um, quite an impressive collection of elf beards, multiple Santa beards, um, as you, as you heard probably in the, uh, other podcast originally 
Santa is supposed to fully collapse and face plant in his bowl of soup. And the beard artisans were like, no, no, we're, we're not cleaning that. And we're definitely not cleaning one per take and reattaching it, the new one to it. Nope, not, none of us are on, none of us are on board for this. So uh, hence, oh, hence Anya catching him at the last minute. I, I like that in the, in the book version, he does actually face plant into the, into yes. the soup, which, you know, it would make sense, but um, I would imagine from a, a filmography point of view, getting the beard, even if they did have a gazillion beards to replace that one, getting it just right, you know, so that it wouldn't uh, mess with the continuity of the movie at all would be very Well, plus the, the removal and attachment mm -hmm. process, as I understand it, was, was no small matter. Yeah, so that, that alone, be. even if they weren't cleaning it up, even if it was yeah, the, the, having him change beards constantly during filming would have been an absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah. but it's just just crazy that like, I never even thought about that. I was like, oh, I just assumed, oh, he just grew out his beard because he did interview saying, oh, I put on 15 pounds for the role. Now I'm wondering, did he have a pillow under that shirt too? <laughs> <laughs> Is this whole Santa movie a lie? <laughs> Is he, is he is he blaming us for his, for how much weight he gained? I <laughs> so then Santa says, I must have dozed off. Is that a chicken or a loaf of bread? Or is that the same thing that we've been debating all this time from it, this angle? It's the same thing. It's a loaf of bread. That makes sense, but that doesn't look very bread-like to me. It looks well, more like I a think, roasted chicken. <laughs> I think it's a bigger piece of bread, and then it's a piece of bread that's been broken in half sitting next to it. So I think there are two pieces of bread loaf there and one has been torn and the other one is sitting there. But I definitely agree that that is split pea soup because that does not not look very appetizing. No, I'm, I apologize to anyone who likes uh, pea soup. It is not my favorite and it doesn't look very good at all. And then Anya suggests that Claus should get... Why don't you get an assistant? because he's just running himself too ragged. He's spreading himself too thin and he needs some help. And much like how he reacted to Anya suggesting only giving gifts to good kids, Santa's reaction is... What? Santa really doesn't like things to change. He doesn't like help and he doesn't like things changing. I don't like to see you pushing yourself like this. You're spreading yourself too thin. Huh. Who would want the job? Two elves spring to mind. One of them practically bounces to mind. <laughs> oh. And Claus, uh, I keep calling him Claus all of a sudden. I'm like reverted back. And uh, Santa looks very confused. Like first he looks confused, like who would want it? And then when one springs to mind, he's like, who? You know, he kind of looks like he doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but he is extremely tired. So we have to cut him a little slack. I mean, we don't know how long his body has been awake delivering presents. This is after he worked a whole night shift, basically. And we don't know how long his night shifts are. You know, they could be years for all we know. I'm supposed to show you this? What is it? Oh, something. Then the minute ends. Yes. <laughs> So you had a bit more from the book to add to this scene? I do. I do. Okay. So from the book on this particular part here, this takes place, we've, we discussed it earlier, but this takes place on Christmas Day. And 
I have a little bit from Dooley's perspective before he walks in and sees the the Santa and Mrs. Claus here. Dooley's letter system was so impressive that it would have put the largest post office to shame. But mostly everything was done the same as it always had been. The growing world was putting a strain on their traditional methods of production and delivery, though. Also in this, um, this is before, before what we're seeing, okay? It kind of sets up the next minute, but it actually happens before this minute. So it's a little... It's a little wibbly wobbly again, but just bear with me. Patch constantly suggested ideas, but Santa refused them, mainly because he didn't like how progress went and goes in the outside world. He didn't like what he was seeing in the outside world as the world was progressing. So he was always shooting down Patch's ideas on how to make things more efficient and more innovative. And then I also have a little bit... Uh, from the book here. Hold on. Let me set this up. What I'm going to read from the book right now actually takes place right when Santa landed before he made his way up to Anya. This takes place between where you see the sleigh flying through the starry night and then the next scene of them at their dinner table. This takes place between those two scenes. Hatch checked the reindeer one by one, his face filled with concern. Oh boy, they look like they've been through the mill. Mill, Santa said a bit gruffly. I can't remember the last time I saw a good old-fashioned mill. Now it's all apartment houses and skyscrapers. Think it's easy navigating through those skyscrapers? He waved a mittened hand as he trudged off down the tunnel. Not to mention the wind current from those jumbo jets. He shook his head, his voice trailing behind him as he went on, muttering his way, still complaining about his system. So, like, he's still, like, muttering. He's like, he had a rough night, basically, I think is what's going on. <laughs> he went across the great hall, which this morning seemed endlessly wide because he was so tired, nodding mutely as the various elves called out greetings and congratulations. He reached the bottom of the spiral steps leading up to his own house at last. He stood staring up at the final long climb that awaited him before he could rest. He sighed in resignation and started upward. And then that's where they end up here. And <laughs> one more thing before Wait, you... there's more. There's more. Um, the, I have the reason as to why Anya suggested him get an assistant. Would you like me to say that now or do you want me to wait until after what you have to say? Yeah, let's put a pin in that one for okay. now. We'll get to that soon. Before I go into my next topic, it is interesting how in the book, this part of Santa being reluctant of change and progress was definitely toned down quite a bit in the movie. Yeah, a lot. So Anya's suggestion of an assistant for Santa is a good one. However, how they go about it in the movie does raise a few questions. Because it's obviously, it's not the production side of things that Santa needs an assistant with. It seems like the elves have that pretty well down, and Dooley is handling all the secretary-type stuff, you know, right. the scheduling and special requests and stuff. It seems what is tiring out Santa is actually the delivery aspect of things, which is what he would need an assistant for. Right. That is how the movie portrays it, yes. Now, does the book give another little layer here? Yes. 
the book's version as to why Anya suggested an assistant was that she's been thinking about it for the past few years because she's been waiting, she's been having to wait longer and longer and longer for Santa to finish his rounds in the toy factory. So not only is he exhausted from the delivery, but he never rests when he's back at the elf village between Christmases because they're working so hard and so long to generate enough toys to sustain the world's population that's growing that he never rests in between the Christmases. He's always out on the floor helping maintain the production level that they need to maintain. But they don't show that in the movie. Yeah, in the movie, you would just assume Dooley was the assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nope. Different assistant. <laughs> I guess Anya really meant like a toy production assistant. You know, Dooley is like his administrative assistant, you know, <laughs> like the one taking care of his schedule and doing like the office work. And then what she means is that he needs an assistant to do like the production of the toys oversee that part i mean it probably wouldn't hurt if santa had somebody assisting him on the delivery rounds too no it probably wouldn't you know even if it was someone that that he could just like switch with you know what i mean like they could take naps as they're (laughs) be like okay you handle this state i'll handle this state (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the elves have the production thing down pretty well. Santa's just putting unneeded pressure on himself here. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, most leaders do that, right? So I guess it wouldn't be that much different that Santa would do the same. And as for the thing that Dooley hands to Santa, we're going to talk about that a bit more next week. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you can think of to add to this minute? I don't think so. It was a pretty quick one because it was a... You know, there's only so much happening in this minute. It's actually kind of a slow minute. But uh, next week, though, we'll have more. (laughs) Yeah, things are going to start picking up soon. Yeah, because we're getting into modern times. I think technically we're in modern time right now, but we're going to get more into the timeline (laughs) next week. Yes. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. As always, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can find us on social media. We're at Santa Minute on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. And you can email us at SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. Come back every Wednesday where we post a brand new episode. And as always, you can listen to any of our episodes. Free!